0: I believe that we need to have giant faith. Pastor talked last Wednesday, I mean, sorry, last Sunday about uh, a new faith, new faith. And tonight I want to tag on to that and, uh, and call this tonight just, just giant faith. I'm going to read from a very familiar story, my very favorite story in the Bible, uh, and it's about David and Goliath. And it's 1 Samuel 17, 37, 32 through 37. Uh, it says this David said to Saul, Let no one lose heart on account of this Philistine. Your servant will go and fight him, Saul replied. You are not able to go out against this Philistine and fight him. You are only a young man, and he has been a warrior from his youth. But David said to Saul, Your servant has been keeping his father's sheep. And when a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it. And rescued the sheep from its mouth. And when it turned on me, I seized it by its hair. I struck it and I killed it. This is David. I mean, this is, this is preteen. or pre, this is, this is, He's probably in fifth, fourth or fifth grade when this, this happened here. Uh, that's crazy to me. He did this. Struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear. And then and he says this. This uncircumcised Philistine will be just like one of them. He didn't say that this was a giant. He never called Goliath a giant. He looked at him and he said, this uncircumcised, and we're not going to go into study on that, uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them because he has defied the armies of the living God. I I love love that spirit of David right there As as a teenager. He says this, the Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion, he knows where his strength comes from. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. He said will. He said, he didn't say he just may it just may happen. Okay. He didn't say that. He said he will rescue me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul then said to David, well, you go and the Lord be with you. I love that story, man. I love it. And there's all kinds of stories just like this in the Bible. In fact, every story in the Bible is about this. It's just like this. Uh, We all know this story, it's very familiar, it's a very familiar story, and it's about the people of Israel, God's chosen people uh, under attack from the enemy, the Philistine army, and so at this time of the story, all of the armies camped out on a hill, the other armies on another hill, and there's a valley between them. And during this time, I don't know if it was weeks, I don't know if it was months. I, it was probably weeks that they had been there, hearing this large giant of a man, nine-foot-tall giant, step down into the valley and say things against them. But the whole army stayed up in, on the hill. They never went down that, because of this, because they were living in fear. They were living in fear of what could happen if they possibly went down there to fight this giant. They were living in fear and being taunted every day by this nine-foot giant called Goliath. Nobody wanted to fight him. Not one person in the army decided to go down and fight him. Nobody thought they could defeat him. And then this young boy, untrained, unarmed, with a sack lunch, with a Happy Meal. Like he just drove through McDonald's of Israel and, and picked up a Happy Meal And he shows up in the army, and then this young boy shows up, and he he walks into the story, this young boy named David. This young boy named David. What a story. And I've already told you that almost every story in the Bible of these heroes in the Bible just happened just like this. I could talk about Daniel. I could talk about different people, the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, when, when they didn't seem like anything, but they, they did something incredible. Uh, it, all these stories in the Bible are about giant faith. And I just wonder today, what about the stories of today? Where's the stories of today that talk about giant faith? Because I believe that we need giant faith and we can have giant faith. And I wonder if anybody here today just wants a little giant faith. Do you believe that you can have giant faith? Do you believe that today? Do you believe that today? See, this is what we got to understand. The real giant, the real giant was not Goliath. Culture has it wrong they talk about David and Goliath stories and you know when we think about the sports stories of oh this is a good David and Goliath story they've got the story wrong because they look at the underdog as David and they look at this giant as Goliath well they got it wrong because I don't believe that the giant was ever Goliath but you know what else I I believe I don't believe that David was the giant either. Goliath wasn't the giant in this story, and neither was David the giant in this story. Do you know who the giant is in this story? It's the spirit of God that lived in David. I almost titled this story, this this message, would the real giant please stand up, please stand up. I almost called it that. Because so many times we read these stories in the Bible, and we see the underdog and the giant, and we think, well, man, the the underdog had to defeat the giant. Really, every story in the Bible is about the Spirit of God living inside a person and doing incredible things in that person and through that person that no matter what was stood in front of them, they took them on because of the Spirit that lived in them. And I don't know about you, but I think the Spirit of God lives in me. Amen? I think the Spirit of God, the same Spirit of God that lived in David, that lived in Daniel, that lived in, in... and all these different people, it also lives in me. And the Bible actually says that greater things than these will we do in these days. And I just believe that in this church and in, in this culture that we live in, in this times that we live, we need some giant faith. The church needs giant faith. The church needs giant faith. When when I think about David, this is what this is what we gotta understand. When we think about David, I wonder how did David have giant faith how i mean you you think about it all his brothers and the whole israel army when he shows up is standing perched on the hill how was it that when david showed up the boy with the happy meal how did he have giant faith and nobody else had giant faith we're going to talk about this see david was only a shepherd boy up until this point david was overlooked he was forgotten. He had never been given any kind of opportunity. And he didn't even look like anything special. But David steps out on, this, on this, this battlefield. He didn't have the story of David and Goliath. But he steps out on this battlefield and defeats the giant. And sometimes we do this. We look at ourselves. And we think, man, we can't have giant faith. I can't have giant faith. I mean, it's one thing to study and hear about all these incredible stories in in the Bible and be inspired on them by them. But 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 I'm not like that. I'm I'm not anything special. I'm just me. I'm just normal. I'm just average. I just wake up, I go to work, I go to school I, I, I wake up, I brush my teeth in the same way every morning I get up and, and finally get to my coffee And I, I, There's no way I can do anything without that And I, I get up and it's just a normal life of get up, wake up, get dressed Go to work, go to school, come home To eat, finally, don't forget breakfast and lunch in that story somewhere And all those snacks in between And then we get home and we, we eat and we go to bed And it's just a normal routine day we 're just normal we 're just average we 've got an average job I live in an average home I, I drive an average car I, I live in an average life I have a way above average wife but 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 can you can, can we can we just look at life and think man i 'm just average i 'm just normal i'm just i 'm just a boy with a happy meal'm sure that 's what David thought that day as he was walking up at home i mean we we can we can think about it at home, you know, you know, I'm just the garbage taker outer sometimes, but that's why I had kids i I mean I'm, I'm just the I'm just the mail collector. I'm just I'm I'm, I'm just this person. I'm just the one that, that takes the mail. I'm just the one that takes out the garbage. I'm just that noise checker outer that pastors always. How many noises does he have in his house at night? He's always talking about noises. Uh, anyways, uh, back to our nor- normal schedule program. I, I'm 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 just the bug killer. <laughs> Time out. Why is it always the guy's job <laughs> to go kill the bugs? Do you understand that we are just as scared as the women are? We are. We are now. We don't act like it, especially when we look up and we go, "Oh, that one's got wings and it's on the ceiling." I mean, uh-uh. no, 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 no. I mean, I mean, have you seen some of these southeast Texas bugs, anyways? I mean, sometimes raid you, you spray on them and it, it just they just bulk up and they're like, <laughs> you know, I'm just as scared of them bugs as you are. But anyways, we're all just we're all just normal people doing normal things in a normal day. And we can go along in life and we can feel just average and sometimes even below average. But I want to tell you today, God loves using average people. God is looking for average people. God, in fact, God is looking for below-average people. Why do you think I'm up here tonight? Because sometimes I feel like a below-average person. But God is looking for average people, normal people, just like you and just like me, to do incredible things. But, but we feel, you know, this is, we study the stories in the Bible. You know, you know Joshua, he was too young. David was too inexperienced. Moses was too insecure. Peter was too unstable. Thomas was too doubtful. Zacchaeus was too short. Martha was too worrying. And Lazarus, he was just too dead. I mean, what what are you going to do with that? I mean, they all had their challenges and, and could have used every excuse in the book. But they chose to have giant faith. They chose to have giant faith even though they felt normal and not good enough and not big enough. You look at the 12 disciples, people looked at them, and, and there, there's a word that it says that they were unlearned and unschooled. People thought that, they thought, wow, something's incredible here because they look like unschooled, unlearned men. Study the Bible. I've heard a preacher one time, there's the word there, it's, it's idiotus, that the people looked at them and thought they were idiots. But, the, man, amazing things that God did. And and in in fact, God is just looking for those that have the same faith as every one of the people in the Bible. Romans 12 and 3, get this, says, For I say through the grace given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but think soberly. And this is what it says next. As God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. Every one of you in this room, God has given a measure of faith. God has given each person on the, in each one of his children a measure of faith. He's given it to us. And, and, and it's the same measure of faith. He doesn't go, hmm, oh, I like that one. Let's give that one more. Let's give this one. Oh, no, not that guy. Let's give him less faith. No, 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 no. When, when he looks at you and, he, and, and he, he gives us all the same measure of faith. He gives us the measure of faith and, and we all get it, but it's, Really what makes a difference is what we do with that faith. What makes a difference is what we do with that measure of faith. We get that measure of faith. And I want to ask you this. Do you feel like your faith can get bigger? Do you really feel like, 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 understand this. God's given each one of you young people a measure of faith. Same measure of faith all the way across here. Every pew, same measure of faith. Pastor didn't get any more faith than you got. But do you, but let me ask you this. Do you think that your faith can get bigger? Yes. yes. The answer is yes. 2 Corinthians 10, 15. Not boasting of things beyond measure, that is, in other men's labors, but having hope that as your faith is increased. And then he says, we shall be greatly enlarged by you in our sphere. But as your faith is increased, Luke says this, Luke 17 and 15. The apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase our faith. But how do we increase our faith? How how do we do this? How do we do this? Well, well, to uh, to increase our faith, that measure of faith we all have, we have to exercise it, right? Like anybody in here just love to exercise? Some people said, yeah, you ain't been to the gym in forever. Like anybody in here just love to exercise? Uh, Yeah, that's what I thought. But the deal is you got to exercise it. It's just like this. Faith is like a muscle. Faith is like a muscle. If you exercise a muscle, the muscle becomes strong. The muscle begins bigger. But if you don't exercise your muscles, then you lose your muscles. They become weak. They become dormant. It's just like that with our faith. That if we don't exercise our faith, our faith can grow bigger if we exercise it or smaller if we leave it dormant and don't exercise our faith. So so we've got to exercise it. I mean, I'm, I've got a friend of mine. Uh, I was going to put a picture on the screen tonight of him, but I couldn't find one with a shirt on because he's got muscles on top of muscles on top of muscles. And I work with him, and I, I was like, well, dude, how, how did you get all those muscles? And, and how did you get so big? I mean, he, he's, like got, he's got a six-pack right here. On a, I, I've heard of them here. I've never seen one on me. But I, I've never heard of like a six-pack on his biceps. And his, I mean, he's got them everywhere. I'm like, my mercy! And I asked him one day. I said, "How do you how do you get that big?" And he says, "Well, I exercise every day." He says, "I watch what goes into my body. I I put the right things in, and I don't eat the wrong things. And I'm at the gym every day." And I was like, "Okay, well, that's my problem right there. I, I, that's where, where maybe it's the eating thing too, but." But I was I said, how do you do it? He says, he says, he says, I exercise every day. I'm in the gym every day. I'm exercising, I'm working out, I'm building the body, I'm eating right, I'm 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 passing up on the ice cream and uh, and I'm eating protein all day long. And I'm like, oh, okay, and and, and that's how you exercise your muscles. But but I want to understand, I want us to understand this. That's also how we exercise our faith. You've got to exercise it. You got to do something. You got to understand. I've got faith. Now I've got to do something with it. I got to exercise. So, how do we do it? That's what David did. David exercised his faith. We need to exercise it. And this is how we exercise our faith by putting a little bit of God's word in us every day. By, by getting up in the morning and, and putting a little of God's word in and, and reading God's word and, and listening to it and memorizing it and, and understanding the scriptures and just putting a little bit, just a, just a little bit here and a little bit there. That's what David did in Psalms 119.11. He says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. David, just a little bit here, just a little bit there. i got to put a little word in. i got to get a little word in. I'm, I'm going to grow my faith. I'm going to strengthen my faith. Well, I've got to watch what's coming in, and, and what's coming into my life has got to be God's word. It's got to be God's word. I've got to put a little bit in. And, and because he did that, because David put a little God's word and a, a little bit of God's word and a little bit here and, and there, and, and, and he started exercising his faith, This became his mentality. And this mentality only got there because he was exercising his faith. But this became David's mentality. Listen to this. His his mentality was this. That my revelation is bigger than any situation. How did he get that? Because it was God's word. When you start getting the word of God in you, you start understanding that my revelation of Jesus Christ is greater, it's bigger, it's stronger, it's smarter than anything we could ever come against. No matter if it's, if it's lions, no matter if it's a giant, or no matter if it's that boss you're going to face tomorrow. No matter what, he put a little word in and David's revelation became greater than his situation. What became inside of David became greater than anything that was ever against him. And when you start putting God's word in, we understand this, that God's word has authority, that the word of God has authority, that the word of God has power. And when you have God's word filling your heart, there's a revelation of this, that greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world we got to put a little word in. we got to get a little word in. And God's word always says this. It says, my God is bigger. My God is stronger. My God is smarter than any situation that could ever stand in my way. Giant faith says this, that my revelation is greater than any situation. Understand this. I'm going to throw it off on you a little bit. But when a child is conceived, oh, yeah. When a child is conceived, and you know that moment that when the conception happens, the the child is conceived and that baby is is brand new in the mom's womb. And that baby is looking around going, wow, what a womb. (laughs) And he's looking like, wow, it's huge, it's massive. Not because of your size, but because compared to the baby. Just, Just wanted to clarify that. But, but, but he's like, man, this womb is incredible. It's, it's wonderful. This is, a, this is a wonderful womb. I mean, he's like, wow, have you seen this womb? I mean, this is my womb. And then we get to three months down the road, and the baby begins to grow. And it gets comfortable in its amazing womb. And it starts to dance around. <laughs> right, mom? All the moms say amen to that. And it starts to dance around in its womb. And, 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 and he's like, Yeah, this is my womb, man. This is my womb. And, and some days it goes to that side of the womb, and some days it goes to that side of the womb. And, but it's like, Whoa, look at my womb. And then we go to six months, and the baby's continuing to grow. And that baby is feeling very comfortable in its womb. It's like, What's up? I love my womb. Over there's the bed womb. Over there's the living womb. I got the bath womb. I mean, hey, this is my womb. Right here, I love my womb. And then nine months comes along, and this baby's like king of the castle in its womb. It's like, whoa, I love my womb. It's incredible womb. And this is my womb. And and and, 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 and then it's like, hey, if, if I do this, mom does that. And if I do this, mom does that. Watch this. <laughs> You know, like, oh yeah, like don't push that, things happen over there. Don't do that right there. And what and 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 that's what happened. And and then nine months comes along. And something begins to happen. Things start happening in the womb. Things start changing in the womb. I was comfortable in the womb, but something's beginning to change. And all of a sudden, something takes place that changes everything. It's called birth. And what birth does is it means that this baby has got to leave its environment of comfort. And security and familiarity to go into something way bigger and way better. But it's got to go down something called the birthing canal, down an area of pressure, down a dark area that is not comfortable at all. But it's got to go down that area to get to something on the other side that is much bigger and something much larger and so much better for it. But it's got to go down that area. So, what does the baby do? It begins to make a move to where it's got to go down that. So, it's grabbing a rib and then. Testing is like no 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 but finally it goes down the birthing canal and it gets down this dark tunnel where it's never been before and then it's born and the baby's like wow it's so much better out here. It's so much bigger out here. It's so much more amazing out here. There's much more room out here than there was in the womb. And I believe that God is telling this church that in the last nine months, he's been preparing for us for something we've been going through that's so dark and so hard. And th- yeah, it wasn't comfortable. It wasn't easy. But God is saying for the nine months, I've been pushing you into a brand new thing. You didn't know where you were fixing to go. You didn't know where you you were fixing to get to, but I was preparing something that when you get to that other side, it's like wow, it's so much better over here than it was over there. And I want to tell you something. Sometimes, if you're ever in a situation that doesn't look comfortable, that doesn't look easy, that it looks dark, and it doesn't look like this is going, to, I want you to prepare for you for what's on the other side because God is doing something in your life. And if you could ever see what was on the other side. It would be much more amazing. Pardon me, i got to calm down. It's Wednesday night. So what does this giant faith look like? I want to tell you this. I want to tell you what giant faith looks like. Number one, this is what giant faith looks like. Giant faith sees. Giant faith sees. 1 Samuel 17, 26 David asked the men standing near him, What's going to be done for this man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? I want you to understand when David showed up, he saw this guy. He said, Hey, what happens if I kill him? What's the possibilities that if I take that guy down? What's the possibilities? Tax free living, king's daughter, it was gold, it was reward. And, and he, he looked at that. And, and so I want to tell you today in, in order to see the possibilities, you have got to see past the obstacles. In order to see the possibilities, you've got to see past the obstacles. When the giant is standing in front of you, no matter your situation, what's on the other side of that obstacle? What's on the other side of your healing? What's on the other side of that job situation? What's on the other side of that family situation? What is it? Don't look at the obstacle. Start looking and saying, hey, what's on the other side? What is this obstacle trying to stop me from? And David saw. He looked beyond the possibilities. Goliath wasn't the only obstacle that David had to see past. Understand this. Goliath wasn't the only obstacle that David had to see past. David had to see past his father's rejection. His father didn't think David was good enough to be anointed. Remember that story? You you go watch the sheep while all your brothers are in here with Samuel. David David's father didn't think he was good enough. David's father didn't think that he could be a warrior. You go watch the sheep while your brothers go do the battle. And then there you just go watch the sheep. All his father allowed him to do was watch the sheep. David had to also see past his brother's resentment. The story says this, that when he showed up on the battlefield, they hated him. They're like, what are you doing here? Go back to the sheep. In fact, in verse 28 of this story, it says that they resented him. What are you doing here? You don't belong here. You go back home. And even his brothers resented him. But he had to see past that. David had to look past Saul's lack of belief in him. Saul said, but you're only a boy. You're only a boy, and he's a giant and and been trained here. here. Put this armor on. I mean, you're just a little boy. David didn't have to just see past one obstacle, the giant, Goliath. He had to see past all these other obstacles that were in his life. Family obstacles, friend obstacles, job obstacles, past obstacles that he still held on to. David had to look past all of those things. And that's what faith does. Faith sees past the obstacle. Faith knows that there will be many obstacles, but faith chooses to see the possibilities and not the problems. Do you know the other obstacle I believe that David had to look past? He had to look past his own insecurities. It doesn't talk about this, but I, I'm just going to just say this because so many times it's, it's not really the obstacles that we fight, fight against. It's our own insecurities, like you could do so much for God if you got past your own insecurities. We all battle it. David probably saw himself as a small, young, not a warrior build, never been in war. But he had to see past his own insecurities, his own inadequacies, and even his own abilities. You've you got to see past your insecurities. Giant faith looks beyond the mirror and looks at how God sees you. I, I believe, you know, a lot of people wrestle with why David chose five stones. And I've heard all kinds of stories of why. Do you know really why I feel like David chose five stones? Maybe it was because what if he missed with the first because he looked past, he saw his own inadequacy. He said, I may miss. And David chose five. He said, I'm going to take this giant down, but I may need five because I may be inadequate here. I don't know. But David had to look past his own inadequacies. He saw, he saw what was on the other side. Number two, faith believes. 1 Samuel 17 37. Moreover, David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear, he will deliver me from the hand of the Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. David believed that God was going to deliver him. You never saw any kind of question here. He just said, hey, I'm going to go out there and God's going to fight this battle for me. Because faith always believes. Faith believes. God had done it once. He did it with the, he did it with the, the lion. He did it with the bear. And he's going to do it again right here because I believe God's going to do it again. Saul didn't believe he could, David's father didn't believe he could, his brothers didn't believe he could, but, but God believed he could. And I want to ask you today, what, what, is, what, what, is, what if you stopped believing in your life because somebody says you couldn't, somebody put, put an obstacle in front of you, or even maybe your own insecurities say, that's not possible, I'm just going to sit here. Is there any insecurity? Is there anything stopping you from believing the things of God in your life? Giant faith believes. It's in those moments that you need to figure out if you're going to live by your feelings or you're going to live by your faith. Listen to me, students, right here. In your life, you're going to have times in your your life where you are tested and you have obstacles. But in your obstacles, are you going to listen to your feelings or are you going to listen to your faith? Because feelings will always stop you. Feelings will always easily give up. I mean, I mean, I wake up and I'm like, I don't feel like reading my Bible. I don't, I don't, I don't even feel like going to work today. I mean, everybody ever been there? I mean, like, I, I, just, I just don't feel it because feelings, that's what my feelings say. But you've got to make a choice to live by your feelings or by your faith. That's why Paul said it in 2 Corinthians 5 and 7. For we live by faith, not by faith. Sight. We live by faith, not by sight. There, there's always gonna be a conflict between your feelings and your faith. My feelings will always say, I can't, I won't, there's no way possible. That's what that's just what I feel. Because why? Because we're human. But giant faith says it is possible. Our demand, our senses demand that we walk by sight. But the word demands, God words, remember we're putting it in. God's word demands that we walk by faith. Feelings are natural. Listen, feelings, natural. Faith, supernatural. Feelings, natural. What I feel, I can feel it, I can touch it. Faith, supernatural. I can't see it, I can't touch it, but I know it's there. It's, it's supernatural. The, the world says this, that you've got to see it to believe it. Faith says this, you've got to believe it to see it. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, therefore I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it, and it will be yours. Faith sees, faith believes. Faith also believes speaks. David said to the Philistine, you come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied this day the Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down and cut off your head this very day. I will give you to I will give the carcasses of you of this Philistine army I, and not, I'm not going to just defeat the arm uh, The the Goliath. I'm going to defeat the whole army and I'm going to give all their carcasses to the birds of the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. David said, David said, David said. Sometimes you need to get it in your mind and in your heart. Why? And you start speaking the word of God out. You start saying, greater is he that is within me than he is within the world. You've got to speak it. David said, David said, David said. Faith speaks you got to hear the word. you got to put the word in. And when the word of God is in you, then you start speaking the word of God. The word of God is always true. It's always right. It's never wrong. And when you begin to speak the word of God, why? Because I put it in me. I put it in me. I put it in me. And what goes in has got to come out. David said, David said, David said, faith speaked, speaks. Listen, words used correctly, it's on the screen. Words used correctly can move mountains, but words used incorrectly can create them. Words used correctly can can move the mountains, can defeat the giants, but words used incorrectly can put the giant in front of you when he wasn't even there to begin with. Proverbs 18, 21 says the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruits. Your words have power. The words have power. The words give life or death. It gives peace. It gives conflict. It gives encouragement. It gives discouragement. Your words give you joy. Your words give you sorrow. Your words give you hope. Your words give you negativity. You can always tell what a person believes by the words that are coming out their mouth. What are you believing? What are you speaking? Are you speaking, that's not possible, it can't happen? But, you know. All this, or, or are you saying, hey, with God, all things can be possible. Your words have power. Your words have power. Your words have power. Your words are creating the environment that you're living in. Your words are creating the environment that you're living in. Remember that. You know, just the other day I, I was—I uh, have a good habit, and, and the other day uh, I was—I was walking by somebody, and I was like, "Man, you're awesome!" And that person was like, "I bet you tell everybody that." I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute, I do." <laughs> you're right, and then it hit me. I was like. I do. I I do. You know why? Because you're awesome. 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 I could go all day long. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. You're awesome. I'm trying to create a culture and coming out of the words coming out of my mouth. Yeah, you may not believe it, but you are God's masterpiece. He created you. He's You're amazing. You're awesome. And you're awesome. And you're awesome. Why? Because And at first I was like, oh, man, I got to quit that. And then I was like, I walked around. The corner, I was like, I'm not quitting it. I'm going to raise it up a whole another notch. You're awesome. Hey, tell those people outside. They're all Megan. You're awesome, Darren. You're I mean, you're awesome. Why I'm using my words to create the atmosphere of you are awesome. Words are powerful. Words are strong. This is what David did. You know, you know, this is this is this is the deal. Every morning, every morning, I, I challenge you in this. First of all, go read God's word. Get the Bible in you, and then you start prophesying over yourself. This is what the church needs. We need to prophesy over ourselves. I am the head and I'm not the tail. I am a child of God and nothing can come against me. We got to start prophesying again uh, over in the after the word because people can do wrong. But, but the word says these things. It says, I thank you today, God, that I am blessed. God, today I am favored. God, today I am healed. I am more than a conqueror. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not belief. I'm an overcomer. Today I will have victory and not defeat. God, today I am so good looking. Well, I threw that in. That's not in God's word. Maybe the masterpiece. But listen, what if you started prophesying over yourself? So many people prophesy the wrong things. Man, today's just going to be a normal day. Man, I don't want to go to work. It's Monday. You know what? I love Monday. Because it's the day after Sunday, and I'm fired up and ready to go. To, in fact, next Monday, I got a new job. Huntsman's not ready. I'm just going to let you know right now. I got a new job Monday. Huntsman's about to, to know Jesus like they ain't never met him before. Anyway, but, but you got to start speaking it. You got to start speaking the word of God. Start speaking it. I got to move on. Number four, Faith stands. Faith stands. All those gathered here will know that it's not by the sword or spear that the Lord saves. For the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you all into our hands. David understood. He said, I'm, I, he understood, I'm, I'm in a fight. But he realized that it wasn't just his fight. It was the Lord's fight. This battle was the Lord's. We need to step into our own battles and just stand there sometimes And know that this is not just my fight I'm going to give it everything I got But I'm not fighting it alone I'm fighting it with the Lord Jesus Christ Because he is with me And greater is he that is within me Than he that is within the world Sometimes all you can do is stand But keep standing Galatians 5 and 1 says It is for freedom that Christ has set us free Stand firm then Stand firm then And do not let yourselves be burdened again By the yoke of slavery Ephesians 6 and 13 it says, therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, you got to stand. You got to stand. Sometimes that's all we can do in our battle. Sometimes that's all we can do. But stand your ground when the enemy's coming against you. Amen. Faith stands. Faith doesn't retreat. It stands. Number five, faith advances and I'm almost done. Faith advances. I love this part. As the Philistine moved closer to attack him, David ran. Say that. Say, David ran. David ran, but not only ran, he ran quickly toward the battle line to meet him. Little David Big giant, armored up, spear, all the tactics, all the bat, all this stuff. And here comes little David. He's running at his giant. All the, listen, all the warriors in the army, I, I bet they were like, oh, I can't watch. You know, they're, they were like, oh, I can't watch. You know, they, they were, they, they were up there. You know where they were? They were settled in. They were settled in. The warriors in the army, this God's chosen people settled in. They didn't advance. They settled in the heels. They weren't moving anywhere. As I want to tell you today, don't settle. Keep advancing. Keep moving forward. Sometimes all you can do is stand, but sometimes you got to run at the enemy. Sometimes you got to move forward. You've got to, you can't settle. you got to keep advancing, expanding territory. Faith doesn't settle. Faith runs at the enemy. Faith is not scared of the enemy. Faith knows that there's something that this is trying to stop me from. It doesn't give up. It doesn't throw in the towel. It doesn't say it's over. It doesn't retreat. It doesn't recline. I go back to the story again. But in the last nine months, we had every opportunity. Parkway Life Church just to sit back, recline, stop. Oh, it defeated us. We advanced. We chose to advance. And in your own situation, maybe you've sat back. You said, No, I'm tired. I can't go on. I'm just going to settle right here. I'm going to stay right here. And God's saying, Move. Move forward. The enemy's only there to distract you, the enemy's trying to stop you from what's on the other side. Number six, faith overcomes. Faith overcomes. 17 and 50. So David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and he killed him. David triumphed. David triumphed. Faith, this is what faith wants you to do. Faith wants you to overcome. Faith overcomes, not be overcome. It wants you to overcome. And do you know how David overcome the giant? Or who he called an uncircumcised uncircumcised Philistine? At the very beginning, David, what? My revelation is greater than this situation. I want to speak that to you today. I wish I could speak that to the entire world right now that is up against situations in their life. For people that are, I heard the news yesterday of a really, really, really well known figure that committed suicide. And I just wish I could tell these people your revelation in God is all you need. He's bigger, He's stronger. He's mighty. He's way better than the dollar. He's way better than, than anything in this world could ever be. But in your situation today, you need a revelation today of how good and how big and how awesome my God is. And I want to tell you in your situation today, that situation's not the giant. I want to tell you also, You're not the giant, but the Spirit of God living in you, the Spirit living in you and working in you. Why? Because we're putting the Word in. We're putting the Word in. We're building muscle. We're building faith muscle. The situation you're up against is not the giant. It's the Spirit of God. Would you stand with me? I want to close with this scripture. Psalms 112 and 8 says this Their hearts were secure. They will have no fear. And in the end, they will look in triumph on their foes. We put the word in, we're building the faith. We're getting giant faith. We're understanding what's in us is bigger than anything else that could come against us. And we stand here with giant faith today, with hearts secure, having no fear. And in the end, you will triumph over your foes. At the end of this situation, you're going to triumph over your foes. You're going to triumph over your foes. Whatever's in your life that has come against you, the Bible says that we will overcome, that we will triumph. Faith sees, faith believes, faith speaks, faith stands, faith advances, and faith overcomes. And I want to pray for you in closing tonight. Before we pray, though, I want to send a challenge. If you feel like your faith is weak, it's going to be up to you to strengthen that faith. I could stand here today and scream and holler and dance and do all kinds of things that I, I could to try to get you to have more faith.